In just a few minutes, we'll be right with you with another award-winning, action-packed edition of your Tony Basilio Show. TB in the house, ladies and gentlemen. It, we are live with you. It is an absolutely outstanding day to be alive and well here in East Tennessee. The sweltering summer weather is here. Have no fear. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, the great John Adams is in the house today. Back from, well, he was just, as we said, he was on assignment for a couple of weeks. So, John, what did you learn when you were on assignment? What have you learned? Well, I learned a lot about UFOs. Uh, this microphone doesn't sound right. Can it you hear me? It sounds great. You've never sounded better. Oh, okay. You go I to shouldn't rock? underrate myself like that. Did you go to Rockwell? Yeah, one of, the highlights of, one of the highlights of the trip out west, spent a lot of time in Colorado. In southern Colorado, they have something called the UFO Watchtower. Uh, Judy's been in charge of that enterprise for 23 years and uh, learned a lot about UFOs and scam artists. So what 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 are scam artists? What does that mean? What what do they have in common? Well, she charges five dollars a head. Uh, looks like a junkyard out in front of the place where people can leave memorabilia for space aliens to pick up. I did an interview with, I'll send you that video I did. I did it serious. She was serious, but she said she'd had, she'd seen 30 UFOs in 23 years. None of whom took her into outer space, I, I should add. So this lady was nuttier than a Phrygian fruitcake, as they say in the trade. No, she was a good businesswoman and, and realized the old uh, P.T. Barnum maxim. Yeah. A sucker is born every minute. Yep. I bought a U. I bought a UFO jacket. Why not? I was, just, I was so admiring of her work. Yep. Well, my my thing, and I tried to teach young kids this, right? When it comes to this deal, is you've got to commit to the bit. If you're going to do bits, right, you got to commit to it. And that would be my advice to uh, to any youngster is you just have to commit when you're going gotta, to go uh, all in. Got to stay in character. Got to stay in character. Got to go all in. Got to commit to the bit. Um, just like you do. That's why you often say that your wife, Laura, will tell you, stop talking to me like I'm one of your callers. Correct. You're still in the bit. You got you to stay in the moment. Yeah. Um, Tony Valls is going off. Brian Amick just committed. Brian Hartman. Billy Amick. Tell John Adams about Brian uh, about Billy Amick, Brian Hartman, since you produced this program. Well, Billy, Billy Amick played against the Vols in the Clemson Regional for Clemson. And he can play corner infield, I believe. Is that his specialty? He... Was one of their it's a shortstop, but better go ahead. players. Apparently, he doesn't get along well with the new coach that they had. I think is, is something that I've heard. Yep. Could that be true? The guy who came from, I, yes. I think it was Michigan. Bacchus. And against the balls in the in the regional, he was the first baseman. He had a hit. One of he was one for three in that game. Yep. So they're getting a guy who. 
He played first base. He'll probably play. He might play third base. He'll probably, if, if the guy from Wofford goes pro and gets drafted high enough to where he has to go pro instead of coming to Tennessee, Amick will probably be the one who fills that void, would be my guess. What about shortstop? Uh, yeah, I think he's on the shortstop. But that's me. I think he can play in any infield position. Yeah, that's just me. I think he Because there, there's a, obviously a void there. So, Billy Amick um, is going to be a really, really nice player. As a sophomore, he blossomed. He hit 413, 13 home runs, 63 RBIs. Jeez. Um, and basically was an ACC first-teamer. And he can play anywhere in the infield. He has caught. His grandfather was on the board of trustees over there. His father is, um, I think his name is Lyndon Amick. He was a NASCAR driver. And this guy is uh, got two years of eligibility left, one year before becoming draft eligible. And he's a guy they'll be watching. But I think that's a kid that they're going to be able to play at multiple positions and Tony's putting together a monstrous, a monstrous baseball team for next year. They're doing what LSU did last year. The next guy to it fall. sounds like to me. The next guy to fall is Holman, who um, was the Friday night starter at Alabama. It's down to Tennessee and LSU for him. Luke Holman was the Friday starter at Alabama this year. And uh, another guy who will be a third-year player, and Tennessee is using their NIL, and the fact that Chase Burns turned down their lucrative offer, and they are literally going off, literally going off right now on the recruiting trail. So do you think they can how bid LSU? That that's quite a challenge. Well, they think they're going to get him. So the thing about the Amit guy is that, and I had uh, what's the guy's guy from South Carolina, Brian? We had last week, who's a great great guest on here. His name's escaping me right now. A Colin Taylor. Colin Taylor. Colin said, you know. Because I kept saying Tennessee was really worried about Florida with um, the kid from Clemson. And, and he said, oh, no, 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 no. It's going to be Tennessee and South Carolina for him. He said, the guy's got such long roots here. The problem for South Carolina was going to be he grew up in a Clemson family. But the thing about this baseball recruiting that I think is really interesting, now that we're following the sport we didn't before, John, the thing that's really interesting about it is, and I was talking to somebody from Tennessee's perspective yesterday within their organization. On their big board, for their signees, their incoming class, and then for even their transfers, they're saying, okay, now, who are we going to lose in this draft? Last year, they kind of got caught flat-footed. This year, they're being more honest with themselves, and they're going to have backups if they get guys 
if their class gets picked apart. So they're basically having conversations with people saying, hey, if this Galaney guy, for instance, who's an older who's an older player by baseball standards, pro baseball standards, but Ryan Galaney had a tremendous season, player of the year in his conference over at Wofford. Tennessee got him last week. And like the kid from Clemson, uh, Amick is capable of playing the infield and the outfield and has a power bat. I mean, hammer baseball. And so what they're looking at with him and what they're saying is, okay, if this guy goes, they project he might go Monday in that draft, which is like third to fifth round. This will be the last time this kid will, if he's, if he gets drafted, will have any kind of leverage in his life. He could leverage going to Tennessee against what a team could pay him. But the thing that he, this, the thing that where he's stuck is him being an older player. Generally, those major league teams won't pay as much for those guys. So Tennessee's in a real 50-50 spot for him uh, in terms of uh, will they lose him or won't they. It's a very unique thing, though. This, this college baseball recruiting thing is extremely unique. But Brian Hartman, when's Mike Griffith joining us? Well, I don't have inroads there, so. You, call, you called John yesterday after the show. We yeah. have a and you guys worked another, it out. We have somebody else. But wait a that's second, going to come on and fill that void. John. Wait a second, you guys called. You guys, you guys called. You you called John yesterday. No, no, he didn't call me. Brian, and we're going to get Griff on. Right? Not today. Did he, John? Did he call you? What time did he call you yesterday? Uh, he, he didn't call, Tony. Brian's a busy guy. Brian, we talked yesterday on the air. Matt Dixon was listening. Matt Dixon was lurking over on the Twitter spaces. Brian, did you, Matt, did you not hear the bit about how it would be great to get Griff on? We didn't have anybody, and we we're going to get Griff on today, Matt Dixon, because John has contacts what with him. Now? Matt, did you hear that? Uh, yeah, you guys briefly talked about it. Okay. Maybe at the end of the show. Okay. So when's Griff coming? John, could you deliver well, Griff who's kind of mad at us? Because Brian imitates him. Brian, do your do your Mike Griff imitation for John real quick. Well, he mean. I, I just think that <laughs> it was all it was all Travis Stevens' fault, man. Not, not the midget Chavis who walked on water, turned into wine, man. He, he did everything right. It was Stevens who fumbled, man. And Dante, this is worthless, man. They don't pick up trash on canvas, man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They don't pick up trash on campus. That's good, Brian. Or he he, he see a piece of trash on the other side of the street. He doesn't just play so much, man. He just goes over there and picks it up, puts it in the trash can, man. <laughs> <laughs> How bizarre is Griff, John? Brian's imitation of him or Griff? What's more bizarre? Uh, Can you deliver it? I tell it? you, you know, uh, I don't Griff to... has done, yeah. his career is going really well. He's a real mainstay covering Georgia now. I don't want to burn a bridge with the guy. 
Uh, Blaine Gilmer is going to join us on the other side. Any relation to Harry Gilmer, Brian Hartman? Do you know that? I don't know who Harry Gilmer is. What? He was a quarterback. A quarterback at Kentucky many years ago. Thank you and very little. Was famous for his uh, execution of the jump pass. Thank you very little. I am surprised that Tony would know who that is. By the way. The jump pass reintroduced by former Super Bowl champion with your Florida Gators back in the day when he was fake Tim Tebow. What was that kid's name? The kid that would bring in there to do the jump pass? The kid that played a tight end for the Eagles for a while. Um, hang on. Well, I just remember Tim Tebow doing No, it. no. They used to bring that. Uh, they used to bring that. Brian, uh, Matt, what was that guy's name that played at Georgia with Tebow? You mean played at Florida, Jordan played Reed? Played at Florida. No. Jordan Reed? Wasn't Jordan Reed. Played for the Eagles and the Bears. Come on, Brian, Matt. Oh, some... Ben Troop? No. Uh, no. no. Oh, um. I can picture him. Super Bowl champion for my Eagles. Oh, God. It wasn't Zach Ertz. Yeah. Brian, between. <laughs> oh, played at Stanford. Brian. I thought Tebow was. I thought they let Tebow do. No, that. it was yes, the tight Tebow end. Did the jump no, pass. no, that no, was, no. That was Tebow's first. Uh, Who was the fake? First glimpse of college fame was Tim Tebow no. throwing a jump pass no. for a touchdown against no. LSU. It was the tight end. They used to bring the tight Cody. end in. That was post Tebow. Uh, no, it was with Tebow. No, he was the, the, the tight end. Uh, oh, we'll get. Bissette? No, he wasn't a tight end. We continue with more. I, I think you're off in the weeds on that. Well, and anyway, to come back. To a great Blaine, don't, Griff would know. Blaine, don't call me Harry. Yeah, Brian, I bet Griff would know. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. 
We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I want to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. My name is Tony Basilio, and we're back with you. It is a Thursday. John Adams presented by our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors. Online at SeniorsHelpingSeniors.com. And I would like the senior John Adams to help the radio show because we now have an opening for a Georgia guest. We've been... Previewing and promoting different teams, or previewing teams, not promoting, but previewing different teams as we've gone here and trying to put together a kind of an on-air digest the last couple of weeks. 
This used to be annual season. John, at one time, you had Street and Smiths out there, who I knew their publisher, Sal Shaliro. That guy was an awesome dude in New York City. He used to send me hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books back in the day. Did you know Sal, John, back in the day? No, I did. Okay. But for me, with Street and Smiths, that's the first preseason magazine I remember. And as a kid, yep. I would be so excited yes. when that magazine hit the newsstands. Street and Smiths, you had... Pro Football Action, you had um, uh, the the one that was really funny was ATS had an annual at one time. The Larry Phipps annual out of the Carolinas was just a laugh a minute. Um, what's, what are you holding in your, in your hand, John? This is a friend of mine produces a preseason Georgia magazine. Dog Illustrated. And you have to know bowling to appreciate this cover. Three Straight Strikes is called a turkey. Yes. And they've even got the bulldog dressed up like uh, the dude in the Big Lebowski. Andy Lowe, you make me sick. At my stomach. No, I love you. Um, <laughs> what are some of the other annuals we remember? I've got some, like, for the old USFL that are that are no longer in play, but there was, like, pro football action. One year they had one of them. And back in the day, they were, like, tied to gambling as well. Like, there, it was all lines and spreads. and but, the, but then you also got a really cool, like, annual and a lot of information out of it. Um, well, what I liked about Street Smiths way back in the, in the 60s, in the early 60s, as I remember it, uh, you didn't have regional covers. Now these magazines do regional covers. But it had a then there was no preseason SEC publication. There was just college football publications, and the cut you never knew who might be on the cover. Whether you lived in Louisiana or Tennessee, I mean, it might be a player from Southern Cal on the cover. Uh, but that was always a big deal to me. I still remember a guy named Jay Wilkerson from Duke being on the cover. Back this was early '60s, down through the years. John, you popped me one year. Um, you were writing for, and I'm going to ask you how many of those preseason publications you wrote for. You popped me one year uh, when you wrote about our world's longest pregame show that we had on our show for the Florida game. We started that thing. We were so obsessed with Florida, it became like a one-game season for the Vols. And you put my name in there and, like, the radio station that I was with at the time. And I was like, wow, you made me such a freaking star. Like, people were, my family members, because the sporting news at the time, it's hard for kids to grasp this. But the sporting news at the time was so huge. A friend of mine, Bill Kearney, who listens to the show over in the Carolinas, texted me yesterday a... um, schedule from the old philadelphia spectrum october 1980 and i sent it to my son and my brother in a text message and my son looked over at me he's living with us right now and he said what does that mean closed circuit tv the holmes ali fight in october 1980 let off the month at the old philadelphia spectrum you can go watch it on closed circuit television and he goes what does that mean closer i said anthony there was no pay-per-view back then. Cable was in its infancy. And if you wanted to watch a big, huge fight, 
you didn't buy it on you you went to the arena and you watched it on a screen that was you could it was not high definition either i mean you could barely no. see the fight and and if the sometimes the projector wouldn't work i mean it was just anyway you know you looked at me and said that's really stupid dad I said, well, Anthony, I grew up in a world where we didn't have a phone in our hand, and it was a big deal to get to go watch. I remember going and watching a closed-circuit boxing match. It was a big community. Like, you were in there with all the men. It was cool. I watched uh, Roberto Duran and Sugar Ray Leonard fight on a closed-circuit telecast in, in Baton Rouge, and the production was absolutely awful. Dreadful. And it was really hard to tell. Who was doing the, what to the whom? Picture quality but, better? Was it better or worse than what these Chinese streams that you do now, Tone? Are they better or worse than that? Oh, these Chinese streams are incredible compared to that. Are you kidding me? What, Tony? Let Let's go back to I. You're talking. How many about, did you write for, John? I wrote about you in uh, Sporting News. Yeah. We have I, it upstairs. I have no memory of that. I know we have it upstairs. World's largest. Pre-game show it was like in the nineties, and you said Knoxville. You said how big is it? Is what you said. How big is it? It consumes. You were like this rivalry. It was for the preview issue. It this rivalry consumes this place, and you wrote like a scene setter, and you said oh, okay. there is a sports host here in town, and literally I had family members who, though I've been on the radio for several years, believed I was a complete, like, fly-by-night, shade tree mechanic, whatever. <laughs> and, and, and my name appears, and my name appears in the sporting news, and all of a sudden I was holding check. But I'm going to ask you this. How many down through the years of those preseason publications, which have now disappeared, like we're going to have Phil Steele on Monday, Phil does very little radio these days. He does our show because I was one of the original guys that found him. He, in his first year, we found him when he was with Gulf Coast Sports or Gold Coast Sports. Brian, where's our Georgia guest? Before I ask John about his, how many annuals he wrote for. Well, he was called into a meeting and will be unable to come on at this time. At this specific time, uh, that's a lack of lack of respect for you and your show, Tony. Does he not family. know this is the show of record? Because yeah, Griff it's knows it's a show of record. Lack of respect, John. Next Thursday, could we could we deliver Griff? Let me see if I can deliver Jeff Danzler. He's a what Georgia about, guy. No, Griff for the comedy. The comedy aspects of Griff is so great. I'll see what I can do. Okay, let me ask you this. Does Griff commit to the bit? We were talking about committing to the bit earlier. Does Griff commit to it, yes or no? Yes. Okay. Does he know he's committing to the bit? Yes. How many um, of those? How many can you remember, John? I'm trying to remember. Street and Smith was a gold standard. I used to love Street and Smith. There was pro football action. There was um, obviously Lindy's and Athlon. I remember reading them when I was in college, and I guess they're both still around. They're both still around. The main one I wrote for was Sporting News. So that was your gig. That was your gig. I had a relationship with them. Yeah, I did some stuff for them. 
college and when I was in uh, covering the Steelers in Pittsburgh, I did a weekly, I did a weekly like notebook for yeah. the Steelers. Yeah, they were incredible. I mean, you think about now, back in those times, they had stringers all over the country. Like John, they had stringers all over the country that they would pay a few bucks a week or whatever. That could not have been cheap, John, the sporting news back then. But I would imagine their subscriber base. Listen, when the sporting news came in the mail and I was first married, I would go outside, sit there, and digest that thing from cover to cover. It was extremely extremely informative. It was so good. They had the fly on the wall right at the front of it. The baseball coverage was incredible. All the leagues. It was. A, it was called the base. The baseball Bible. Yeah. It was called. Because the Sports Illustrated was there. Was there if you wanted to go look at pictures, and the Sporting News was there if you wanted to read about sports. But I used to get all the digest, baseball digest, football digest. Anyway, fun days. Let's move ahead to more contemporary times. I had Mike Dettelier on yesterday. He talked about a guy that commits to the bit. And he was talking about the Manning Passing Academy. And he was really popping for Joe Milton. He said Milton's accuracy on the short routes and the intermediate routes really, really impressed him. He said, we all know the guy can throw the ball a million yards. He said in... Uh, he said, and uh, Cupper Manning was on the microphone. You know, Cupper's like a comedian. And Cupper was on the microphone when Joe Melton, and he told Atelier, look out, Mike, here comes one in your direction. Mike said that when Joe Milton gets the football, he said there's 1,200 campers. He said basically everybody stops what they're doing and gathers around the field to watch him throw. They do this thing called air it out where they show off their arm strength. He said Milton threw a ball 75 yards right on the money to a guy dropped it right in the bucket to him, some receiver from uh, Louisiana. Well, I, I don't think that would surprise any Tennessee fan. My thing on Milton, though, is I still think he's a wild card this year. I don't know whether that's fair or not. And I went back, by the way, and looked at the Clemson game, and I'm not nitpicking the guy, but Tennessee had several three-and-outs in their offense. Now, they scored some points. Matt, where are you? on? Because uh, I asked, I asked um, uh, and he evaluates players. He's there to evaluate players. You know that's what he does, Mike Dettelier. And he said he really helped himself with the week he had down there. He thinks he's poised for a really big season. Do you, John? As we sit here in early July, do you? I'm going to go around the horn here with this question. Well, um, if I would go, if I were picking boom or bust, I would pick boom. Uh, but I, I'm, there is a, just a shadow of doubt, just a, just a hint of it, uh, because of his history, his track record. Uh, he had the starting job at Michigan, lost it. Had the starting job at Tennessee, lost it. But I do think, um, I think it's important in what we do, and 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 for everybody in, in every era to to be willing to adjust your opinions and change your opinions. Yep. My opinion changed. 
I have changed my opinion. I thought he was better last year, even before he became the starter when Hendon Hooker was injured. When he came in games, I thought he was more composed uh, than he was the previous year. And, and then when I watched him, to me, that was the litmus test against Clemson in the Orange Bowl. I mean, this wasn't a great Clemson team, but it was a good Clemson team. And, it, you know, it has, you know, it has pretty good athletes in almost every position. It recruits really well. I thought that was a, a, a great indicator of how good Milton could be. What impressed me most about him was that game. I mean, that was a big deal for him. Yeah, he started against Vanderbilt, but it's Vanderbilt, and it was in the rain. So, I mean, this was a, a really big deal for Joe Milton personally, I think. And to me, there was a tremendous amount of pressure on him because he's now starting, and there were all kinds of questions about him. He didn't dazzle people in the Vanderbilt game, and you you combine that with his history, and now he's going against a top-10 team in the Orange Bowl, and everything's about Joe Milton. The, the build-up to that game, it's all about Joe Milton. What will Joe Milton do? That's a lot of pressure on somebody that hasn't been a regular, a regular starter, and, and I thought he acquitted himself really well. He was accurate, and most important, he didn't force a lot of stuff. He didn't make mistakes. We know he has the big arm, but that's what impressed me about him was he was under control in, in a big game, in a pressure situation for him personally. So the, I really that really raised my opinion of Joe Milton. I think he'll be a good quarterback for Tennessee this season. How good, who knows, but uh, I would feel a lot better – I get when I look at Joe Milton at quarterback for Tennessee, I consider him one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC East. You know, I, I, I don't look. I'm not trying to. Um, um, by the way, that Burton was the uh, jump pass tight end that I was thinking about. And I don't think you. I don't think. Let's not not go back to the weeds, Tony. I don't think. I don't think he overlapped with Tebow. So I. I had those guys off on the wrong path. Yeah, but he he was a jump pass thrower, and he was a fake Tim Tebow. uh, Back there. uh, Let's let that go, Tony. Uh, Michael Moat says Brian does a really good Griff impersonation with a smiley face. I don't know if he thinks you do. And yes, we were. We've talked about the Amit commitment to the Vols, which is huge. Matt Dixon, on the Joe Milton question, I'm going to ask a living listener as well, as you ponder Tennessee's upcoming season, look, I was talking with Killer Kowalski, a guy you're going to be getting to know on here, Bob Kowalski, who's the odds maker for our friends at Zen Sports. We were talking yesterday, and one of the things we're going to do for you in real time is during our uh, Garza Law fifth quarter fan reaction bob is going to come on and give us live numbers as soon as tennessee plays according to that week's action in terms of what the line is going to be in the morning that they're going to introduce we talked about it yesterday and uh, we call him killer kowalski but we were talking about the vols and their win total and they're getting ready to introduce some numbers uh on their platform 
and we were talking about the wild card because I was telling him about my conversation with Dettelier, and he said so much of it hinges on that quarterback play. But he was saying, and he's on, he's on, he's going to bring us inside this whole concept of putting these power ratings together. So much of it in college football depends on who you have under center and how you project that person to perform. I'll tell you what's interesting before I get Matt's uh, thing. Dettelier said the four most impressive guys at that camp were Drake May from North Carolina, the kid that uh, played at Indiana, Penix, Penix, however you want to say his name, who's who's now at Washington. He said he's very good. You know, you don't think about this, but in a lot of ways, he raised Indiana the same way Dak Prescott raised Michigan State or um, Mississippi State, because Indiana football was nothing before that kid got there. And they flashed and were pretty good. And did we have him committed, Matt, at one time, or am I imagining that? Like maybe under Butch Jones? Am I imagining that, or is that how far that kid goes back? I think that was another Indiana quarterback. No, Michael Penix and Adrian Martinez were both committed to Butch that final year. Thank you. Oh, Penix was too? Thank you. Let's move along. For some reason, in the back of my mind, I I believe that. The third one was the Daniels guy who transferred from Arizona State to LSU and really helped himself. And then Joe Milton. Now, it's interesting that Georgia didn't send anybody and Alabama didn't send anybody to that camp. But he said it was basically a who's who. 1,200 uh, campers there and then a ton of uh, really good college quarterbacks. At any rate, Matt, on the Joe Milton deal, he said that Joe Milton's really improved his touch and was throwing the short and intermediate ball really, really well. Are you... um, where are you on Joe Milton, Matt, as we sit here? Do you believe? Because I kind of believe, but I don't believe. I'm just being honest here. I'm not trying to be a hater. I, I like him. I think in a day and age where everybody gets up and transfers and leaves the minute they lose their job, that kid did not do that. I got time for that. He's also the same guy that ran out of bounds on fourth down. I'm just keeping it real here. He's also the same guy. Michigan tried a million times to hand him their starting job, and he wouldn't take it. He's the same guy. I'm not trying to be a hater. I'm just keeping it real with you here. And I'm trying to take the emotion out of it because I'm rooting for him because he quarterbacks my team, and I want to see him do well. He's quarterback of my alma mater. But I can't get those things out of my mind. And he's also the guy that Hendon Hooker, who, they, who Tennessee basically took off the scrap heap, had no intention of playing, he beat him out. So he's still that same guy. Matt, and it doesn't mean he can't get better, but the other thing that he did between the time he lost his job, he never pouted. He was a great teammate. He became Hendon Hooker's best friend, which, John, that's very unique. You and I have been around this stuff a long, long time. The guy that gets beaten out becoming the guy's best friend and cooking meals for everybody, you can't fake that. You have to be a really solid human being to accept, especially in an era where you can get up and transfer on the drop of a dime, and everybody does. I think he genuinely likes his teammates. 
and likes being here. Uh, I'm sure after transferring from Michigan, he probably could trans- have transferred as a graduate student because he's, he's been in school a while. And uh, I, I do think uh, when he made, when he did, ran out of bounds against Ole Miss as the clock ran out, my knee-jerk reaction was, if I were a coach, I would never want to see him on a football field again. It was just one of those kind of mistakes. It's hard to get past when your quarterback makes that kind of decision in the heat of battle. But uh, he's he's changed my opinion now with a greater body of work. And that's where, trying to find a way to articulate that, that's, that's kind of the headspace I'm back in is that um, – I really am rooting for him. Okay, this is not a deal where you know people say, "Well, you know, you're, you're." I'm just being trying to. I'm just trying to tell us honestly. I look at him and I go, "Man, I really hope it works out." I borderline don't trust him as a starter for a year. That's all, and that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying I don't trust him. I'm not saying it's not going to work. I'm just saying in the back of my mind, it's hard to get all that stuff out of my head. And it wasn't like he was lights out against Clemson. He was okay against Clemson. I thought he was better than okay. Matt Dixon, where are you on the Joe Milton conversation? And then I'm going to get some folks in, including Vols Wag D something Vols Swag Four V F L Swag Four, who's requested to speak here on Twitter Spaces. Go ahead, Matt. I've been requesting to speak for a few minutes too. Um, I I don't you know specifically about Milton. I you know a lot of upside. I don't know if I'd fully trust him, but I fully trust Josh Heupel with quarterbacks. And the next time that Josh Heupel goes through a season with poor quarterback play will be the first. So whether, you know, whether that's Milton, if he's the starter, great. If, if he, you know, doesn't perform well, then you get to see Nico. Like I, I don't have a, you know, I'm not worried about the quarterback position. Um, but specifically Milton, um, I think we're all rooting for him, but I, I just, I don't think you'll ever have that consistency. I think there'll be a lot of wow plays, but then there'll also be some, you know, maybe questionable, you know, decision making or, or poor accuracy. On some of the shorter stuff, but you know, I, in, at the end of the day, I trust Josh Heupel with quarterbacks, and that kind of overrides whoever is you know behind center. Matt, what was your assessment of the Clemson game? Were you more? See, Tony says he was okay. I thought he was really good. What? Where do you fall on that analysis? Uh, I, I thought he was pretty good. Uh, I, I know they had you know some drives that they just you know couldn't do anything, but you know Clemson is a pretty decent defense. Uh, and, you know, it was his first real start of the year because I, I throw that Vandy game out, and that was like in a monsoon. So I, I thought he was pretty good in that game. There's a lot to get better at. I, I will say that. But, you know, it, it was a good building block for this year and gave you some things to, that they can work on with him. So I, it'll be interesting to see. They've had an entire offseason to game plan and, and basically design this offense around him and his strengths. So that will be curious to see the first couple of games, what's different uh, this year as opposed to last year with Hooker. 
You know another well, thing I wonder? We were talking about contingency plans a second ago. Just you know, like with Tony Valls and recruiting, and these guys all have to do this in the off season, John. Before you get back into your line, and by the way, eight six five two hundred five four zero two. If you want to join us, I wonder in the back of their minds, Housley, him, their brain trust, if they go, hey, you know what? We're going to go pot committed with this guy all in, or if they say. If this guy struggles, you know, kind of early on, what's our limit? I wonder if they've had those conversations behind the scenes. And when do we introduce Nico? I wonder if they, if the, I'm just, you know, I'm just thinking out loud. These guys have to have those conversations, right, John? Don't they? Yes. Uh, they're paid to have those kind of conversations. Uh, I always go back to uh, Dabo Sweeney at... Uh, Clemson, when he, four games into the season, he benched his starting quarterback. That was Bryant, right? Because he had a freshman that that he realized was better in long term. Yeah. uh, Gave him a better chance of winning a national championship than the the senior veteran he had. I I wonder, I don't know. I I just, uh, and I'm not trying to speak that into existence, but you're dealing with somebody that sort of has a track record of getting the thing handed to him and then it just not working out. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but it's certainly possible that it could happen. And our, our fan base acts like it's not possible. And it's extremely possible, isn't it, John? Yeah, I, and it's very much possible. I don't think it will. Uh, and, and going back to that Clemson game, it, it's interesting to me that Tennessee's offense has been so spectacular under Josh Heupel. When Tennessee scores under 40 points, it raises concerns. What went wrong with the offense? I I mean, this is a rare offense based on its production, its yards, its points. And and I go back and look at some of the the great offenses in college football through the years, uh, you know, when, when those kind of teams, uh, Nebraska in its heyday, Oklahoma when it peaked with the wishbone, uh, LSU when it had Joe Burrow as a senior, uh, some of the great Alabama offenses, on and on, Southern Cal with uh, Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush, those offenses, when they don't get at least 500 yards and 40-something points, people are scratching their heads. I yep. guess it was an off day. Yep. And so that that's what Josh Heupel has done for Tennessee football. He's he's raised the expectations of Tennessee's offense like nothing I've ever seen here. Brian, before we get to you, let me get the VFL swag four two three VFL in here. Uh who wants to speak and has raised his hand here in our Twitter spaces. Hello, VFL Swag 423. You're on with John Adams, uh, presented by our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors. Hello, VFL Swag. What's up, Tony? Hey. This is, this is... <laughs> Andy, what's up, man? Good to talk to you, brother. You too, fam. Yeah, I pissed off Elon Musk the other day. Um, trying to find out they didn't, they didn't ban my Twitter. I just got like into it. But, uh, you know, Milton, this offseason, he's working really, really hard 
I tell you what, I think his accuracy has improved about 80 or 90 percent. You know, Coach Halsey has worked with him a lot. And when he went to the Manning Bank, he really showed his accuracy. Um, Booker had said that he did, he did that on purpose, so you can't count that. But, um, there's a lot of Russell commitment to that. I'm ready to get my ass burnt because I'm like, swimming. you know, they're saying could be a possibility. I'm like, well, I've heard Arizona. I don't know. Andy, you have your ear to the ground. Tennessee's having a, a really solid run here uh, in recruiting. Uh, Andy, have you? I got to ask you: Have you personally seen? You sound like when you talk about Milton and his accuracy. Have you personally seen him throw the ball better? Um, in videos, yes. I had seen him um, right. Big difference, yeah. Well, listen, I, I appreciate you. We're having trouble hearing you. When you listen back, you'll hear that you were kind of skipping around, but I wanted to be patient with you and give you the time uh, at least to be heard, but thank you. So Andy's, Andy says he believes that Milton is a different animal right now and a different player and is poised to have a big year. Let's get the DR Vol in here. DR Vol, welcome in. What's going on, guys? Tony, hadn't got to talk to you since we were able to watch the ball game together to the rain delay, but we, we again, appreciate your comments towards us. Thank you, my friend. We broke it down scientifically that day, the, uh, the day it rained on the Tennessee Vols. Yes, we did. You know, Tony, one thing I noticed about you, you're a very intense watcher of uh, your team. I don't – yeah, that's my personality when I'm watching sports. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm there with you. John, you said something a while ago. This is not me trying to argue with you. I'm genuinely curious. I cannot get the Ole Miss game out of my head, what Milton did. I was at that game. I I almost, almost blackout angry with what he did. What made you change your mind about him or you trust him a little more? Um, a lot of it had to do with the Clemson game, uh, as I said. I mean, I'll go back, and I thought he was better in a backup role this past season than he was in 21. But the Clemson game changed my mind because, as I was telling Tony, I thought – there was a lot of pressure on him in that game. Uh, my assessment uh, of Milton, or, or maybe my concern about Milton, would would be how he handles things and his his decision making on the field uh, more so than his accuracy. I know he's been that's been a question before about his accuracy on the deep ball, but my bigger concern concern is decision making, and as you pointed out. That goes back a lot to that Ole Miss game. That was kind of the the worst moment. But I just thought in the Clemson game, given all the circumstances and all the buildup, there was a lot of pressure on him. 
and I thought he handled that really well. I, I, I mean, it was all about him to build up to that game. Vanderbilt, as Matt said, Vanderbilt game didn't matter. It was uh, a rainstorm, and Vanderbilt's horrible. But I think going into the Clemson game, the whole game was about, well, if Joe Milton is decent, Tennessee will win. And I thought he was more than decent. I just thought he handled that well. I There's a lot, there's so much difference in going to a game late when it's been decided and you throw the ball effectively, you show off your big arm. There's so much difference when you're a backup guy, but when you become the guy and the outcome kind of hinges on you, there's a lot of pressure. And I wondered how he would handle that going in. And I thought he handled it really well. That you know, that's just that's one game though. You I mean the counterpoint to that, that was one game. Uh, but it did change my opinion of it. D.R. Vall, what do you think the, uh, about uh, John's explanation? Yeah, and I see what he's getting at, and I, I tend to lean negative. Like, I know what you're talking about, the Manning Passing Academy, but, I mean, J.G. and Harrison Bailey were Tom Brady without contact. Um, and I'm the same way, John. I wonder how he'll do in Tuscaloosa in the swamp. And, and Matt, what he said, that's what's keeping me alive, my hope alive, is Hopple is the coach, and he's quarterback whisperer, but... I'm still very apprehensive, guys, uh, on this. Yeah, our fan base, I mean, God bless them, they act like it's a foregone conclusion that he's going to, you know, do this and that. D.R. Vall, I'm with you. He's very much a question mark to me. He's, in fact, he's the question mark to me um, because... I don't know. If I was a betting man, I mean, he's going to start the season as a quarterback. Is he going to finish it? I don't know. I'm just being honest here. I think, and I don't know how many fans there are that are like you and me who are afraid to express that opinion. I'm not saying I'm out on him. I'm caring for him, in fact. I, I go out of my way to say I don't remember a guy losing his job and being such a good teammate in the process. I can't think of that. Because generally these guys in this day and age will get up and leave. And so, like, I'm a thousand percent rooting for him. I also think he's a really solid human being. So I'm really, really rooting for him. But would I bet my hard-earned money that he's going to have a great year this year? That's another story, D.R. Vaughn. That's, that's another story for me. Yeah, and I, I saw the game in person. I haven't went back and rewatched it. But Clemson, for what I remember, I don't know if our receivers weren't getting open, but he seemed to take a lot of hits in the pocket. Like I don't know if he wasn't holding on, or if he was holding on the ball too long, or if he his pocket awareness isn't there. Do you remember any of that, Tony? Again, I, I haven't watched it since I saw it in person. Matt, you're better at that stuff than I am. Matt, what do you recall about that? I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning. <laughs> Big shocker there. Um, no, I, I think Milton held the ball too long. He was getting hit a whole lot more than than Hooker did at any during any game last year. Uh, so I, I think that's a valid concern. Uh, so I, I, I do think the decision making is probably ultimately the biggest question mark that I have, and you know making the correct read and and throwing the ball on time uh, because that that was what Hinton Hooker was just so special at. Uh, he basically knew where he was going uh, before the snap, and I, 
I don't know if Milton is is at that point yet, but that but I do think he he kind of held the ball too long and he took he took some sacks in that game and against Pittsburgh, you know, the year before, even though that was like two seasons ago. I just remember getting angry about that, Matt, and you know, kind of gun shy with uh, the quarterback that holds on to it too long. Didn't we have a JG that did that? Not well, saying Milton is JG, but no, that, no. that scares me when you get a Georgia defense coming after you. Well, and that's and that, see, and I appreciate you, Dr. Vaughn, because we we've got to get out of here for this hour, and then VFL swags back and wants to talk again. So maybe DL, VFL. Do you think we ought to revisit with VFL swag, um, John? Do you, do you think when we start the second hour, we ought to revisit? Well, his the phone call wasn't uh, the reception wasn't good. In fact, during the conversation, I wondered if Titans Bill had lost his phone. Hour two on the radio, VFL Swag will lead off hour two. We'll see if he's in a better spot to do that. If you want to jump in, 865-200-5402. Or if you're in our Twitter spaces, jump in there as well as we continue. It is your Basilio Show. And I want to focus on on the Milton question for a second and just ask the following. Where are you on him? Because yesterday... Uh, I visit with Mike Dettelier, whose job is not to blow smoke up anybody's skirt. He's come on here, Dettelier has in the past, said, hey, I don't think the guy playing quarterback in Tennessee can play. Yesterday he said, I think this guy can play. And I think he's changed. And I think he's better. And we continue with more. Hour two after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hello, it's me, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. July reminds me of red, white, and blue. If you were born in July, your birthstone is the ruby, king of the precious stones, for its rarity, hardness, second only to diamonds. We have a beautiful collection from earrings to rings, modern and antique. If you were born in July, we'll take 10% off your purchase. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224.
In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. June is Dairy Month, and the Murray County Farm Bureau salutes our dairy farmers and the dairy industry for the many contributions to our economy and our health. Milk is the original nutritional powerhouse drink with 8 grams of protein and 13 essential nutrients to keep you energized all summer long. Plus, who doesn't like ice cream? Our hardworking dairy farmers are dedicated to dairy and proud to help produce nature's perfect food. When you sit down to your next meal, pour one more glass of milk and celebrate June Dairy Month. Blast into big July fun all summer long. You won't need sparklers, spinners, Roman candles, or any other fancy fireworks. You'll be rocketing toward explosive top prizes of up to $500,000 with the all-new July Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Hurry in and pick out your favorites today. Find them at your nearest Tennessee Lottery retailer. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. What happens when the thrill of Powerball meets the thrill of NASCAR? You get a chance to win an exciting trip for two to the NASCAR championship race in Phoenix, Arizona. Plus, the chance to win a million dollars in a special drawing. Enter the NASCAR Powerball Playoff second chance drawing at TNVIPrewards.com between June 23rd and July 31st for your chance to win. The Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. NASCAR is used with express permission. NASCAR LLC is not a sponsor of this promotion. All right, everybody, welcome back. This is T. Willie. I have Mr. Miles Johnson on the phone from Foodland. Miles, what's happening today at Foodland? Well, today's been going pretty great, and this week we have uh, a pretty good sale, which includes ground chuck, three fifty nine a pound, assorted pork chops, $1.69 a pound, seedless grapes, $1.49 a pound, and sun drop 12 packs, two for nine. 
Wow, a lot, a lot of good deals, uh, and that's good. When you guys are busy, that's what it's all about. And uh, again, you're located right there on West 7th Street. Uh, you're open seven days a week, 7 a.m. till 9 p.m. And uh, everybody in their store is very friendly whenever I come in. And uh, I always appreciate you uh, speaking with me every Thursday. And uh, you guys have a fantastic weekend and sell everything you got, okay? Yeah, we're going to try to. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Thank you, Miles. Again, that was Miles Johnson from Foodland. Go check them out. They got some great deals, as they always do. And uh, they'll be very helpful. And they got a flyer at the door so you can pick it up and see what you got. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. TB back with you, 865-200-5402. Look, I just want to say this as a PSA. If I was consuming this program, I would one of the places I would consume it is on Twitter Spaces. Matt, you were lurking in Twitter Spaces all day yesterday. Your thoughts on the experience of listening to the show within the show, Matt Dixon? Uh, it, it's the only way to consume the show, in my opinion. I mean, it's insane. Let's go. It's a show, it's a show of itself. It's a show in the side to show, right, as John likes to say. Or as lovely Laura will say to me from time to time, you're off the air. So get off the freaking show. She'll say that to me. We're not on the air right now. One guy, though, who we just had on the air a second ago, and John Adams voted, seniors helping seniors, and the senior today decided to give the young pup a break. Andy deserves a break. So let's get Andy back in here. Andy, welcome back in with us. Uh, You're in good standing here. And as you said, fam, earlier, welcome back in, brother. And go ahead. Are you in a better spot now to talk? Yeah, um, I just wanted to say that I love and appreciate y'all's yes. uh, support and everything and how you've always let me be me and, you know, let me have fun. But when we rap battled that Florida fan, that was freaking, that was great. But I am excited about this year. Um, you know, whatever happens, happens. You know, if they won't do anything about it, there's not much I can really do about it. You know, the lawyer, I'm trying to let them handle it, and that's all I can do about it. But um, I'm really anxious to see if this Elijah Russian kid comes today. Give me a prediction, now, Andy. What are you hearing? What, what are they saying inside the team? Well, supposedly he was talking to the staff yesterday. So that was really interesting. That was on Volquist that come from Matt Ray. Uh, well, I don't know. I really don't. He's really kept it close to the chest. Um, but I, I feel great about Mike Matthews. I feel great about Bennett at Warren. I'm glad my boy Boo Carter came home. So that was huge. They're so. putting together a really, really dynamic, good class. Uh, and, um, you know, the thing that surprises me, Matt, about all this is that the way they've assembled these, this defensive, these, this really solid defense, Matt, for years to come. That's the thing that surprised me here about Heupel. No, it, it's been impressive to, you know, kind of load up defensively, which is what you have to do the way that they play. You know, they, yep. they use about 15 guys on offense. 
but then you need like a full two deep on on defense to get through these games with how many snaps they play. So it's it's a really it's really the only way to play, uh, and really the only way they they can they have they have to load up defensively and have a bunch of bodies. John, it surprised me because I would have thought if anybody was going to be a collector of offensive personnel, it would be this head coach. But it's been the exact opposite. Yeah, you know, we often talk about comparisons between Steve Spurrier and and Josh Heupel. First and foremost, they're great offensive coaches. Steve was and Josh has been too. Uh, But Spurrier was able to recruit really good defensive players as well in the 90s when Florida was at the top of its game. And and I agree. That's very encouraging that – that Heupel has been able to do that because his offense gets all the headlines, gets all the pub, but he's building a solid defense, and you got to have it. If you're going to be on the field that long on defense with Tennessee's up, uh, up-tempo offense, yep. you better have depth, particularly in the fourth quarter when you're still trying to still trying to mount a pass rush and those big defensive linemen are getting tired. You better have a, a strong rotation there. And and Matt brings up a really good point about just the numbers you need on defense. Because really, the thing we've learned with Heupel, and he was talking about Matthews earlier, the talented receiver, and they've done really well at receivers thus far. You're going to win some, lose some, whatever. But the thing that's interesting to me, Andy, is only three guys play. We've seen this right. now with Heupel. You're you're not you're not going six deep at wide receiver like a lot of places do. There's only really time for three to play, right? So, do you or give me your sense of Milton this year, Andy? You were in a bad spot before. I heard every other word. Are you buying or selling um, Milton this year? Or are you somewhere in the middle on him? Well, from what I've heard from Coach Halsey from the interview a while back, he's improved a lot. I can see it, um, like I said, when I was in the facility uh, that Thursday, um, he was throwing a little bit, and you could tell he's he was a he was different. You know he he looks way more accurate. Um, even at the Manning camp, you know he was hitting the wide receiver. Now, if you'd have had a squirrel out there, he would have caught that one pass anyway. Period. Um, he's really worked on, he can lob it, but if he needs to launch it, then he can launch it. And that's something Coach Halsey said. We've taught him that you have the power if you need it, but you can lob it as well. So I'm excited for him. He's a great kid. He's a humble yep, kid. Yep. I remember when he was a freshman um, at Tennessee. Yep. Um, that I would, I went up and talked to him after the Florida game back when he, his first year was there. Just a humble kid. You know, you could tell it kind of bothered him, but in a way, he just, he was very patient. Andy, on the and, way out, on the way out, because we got full bank calls here, and I know you want to be uh, generous with the time here. Um, Oh yeah, absolutely. Can, can you can you bust something for us? Do you have anything prepared? Can you give me something in the early July here? Uh, do you have anything? 
Well, what kind of topic you want? You just, want you just something do. like you just, you just do what comes to your mind, brother. You're you're among friends here. Uh, you go ahead and boss it. All right, Boo Carter. We took the ammunition ambition. You know why? Because Michigan didn't have the ammunition to stay in Smokey's kitchen. Tennessee gonna come back on the map. You know what? This year it's gonna be a wrap. Coach Heifel, he about to bring the game. You know why? Because he said he's about to put it to Georgia like a flame. Go, Andy. Thank you. Incredible work by him, John. That man is an artist. In two years, has grown. Well, that that's what's almost stunning to me, Tony. Yep. Because the first time, the first time I heard uh, Andy on air, uh, I thought, "Wow, this this guy's something special," and I'd never heard him before. And I'm not an aficionado of rap, yes, obviously yes, by age. Yes, but I was just sometimes you, even it's something with which you're not familiar. I remember the first time I went to a hockey game and I saw Mario Lemieux. And I could tell he was a rookie with with the Pittsburgh Penguins, yep. and I could tell this guy was something special, and that's the way I felt about Andy. Pretty next the level. The first time I heard him on air, but you're right, he's even better now than he was a year and a half or two years ago. Seniors helping seniors, presenting John Adams, a man who's not afraid to appreciate great art. Let's go back to the phones. It's the essence of being alive. Great art, uh, in my opinion, points to the creator. The created points to the creator. Andy, you touched us. Back to the phones we go. Hello and welcome into our next call. Hey, Tony. It's Jake from Memphis. How you doing, man? Hey, Jake in Memphis. Good to talk to you, my friend. Good to talk with you as well. Also, just want to say thank you for letting me be me. I appreciate that. Uh, just want to um, start off on the Joe Milton conversation. I'm, I'm kind of in the middle on this and... Um, have my hesitations, but also have my my optimism. I the hesitation, if, especially if we're focusing on that Clemson game. You know, if you go back and watch that game, I, maybe this is um, the wrong the wrong opinion to take. But I think our defense won us that game. It wasn't Joe Milton. It was our defense. I mean, think of how many times Clemson was in the red zone and just couldn't couldn't even let alone get a field goal. Um, they should have been up on us by. A lot more than, than what they were. That, so that's my recollection that's got me of it. Feeling off, more optimistic for this year than maybe the offense. To be honest with you, that the defense can maybe win games for you like that. Especially yeah, the yeah, secondary yeah. is better than the last year. I think when you're analyzing a game, though, it's always important to uh, the team you're familiar with pulling for or covering. That's what you're focusing on, but. I think a lot of that game had to do with what was going on with Clemson and with a highly rated freshman quarterback who was inconsistent at times. Uh, so I don't know. It's just hard to base an evaluation on just one game when you're talking about a defense or even a player. But I guess maybe I need to go back and watch that game. A lot of three and outs, Sean. It seems as though I have a high – I have a higher impression of Joe Milton based on, on that game than, than what you guys are saying or, or what the callers are saying. Look, so defense, I'm not trying that. to change. I'm not trying. I am not, John, trying to change your impression or your opinion because I think your point of view is warranted. Here's a guy who knew it was all his audition. 
And he knows Nico's on that campus. Nico was practicing. He had a month to get ready a month, for that well, game. Well, I mean, he had a month to think about that game. And he also... And to get ready for it, too. Let me say this about Nico in, back in December, okay? A couple of my sources who've helped me for, down through the years said one of them went and got another guy that's been over there for a while and said, you got to come see this when they threw Nico out there to practice. Joe Milton, these guys aren't dumb. Joe Milton saw the talent this kid has. Now, he knows he's not ready and he's greener than grass and all that. But at the same time, these guys aren't dumb. And he's got the Internet, too. He knows they paid him a ton of money to get him here. That was a pressure game for Joe Milton. And to John's point, he didn't fall down. Now, he wasn't lights out either. Like, a lot of people act like he was lights. He was okay. My my. My term I used, Jake, in Memphis for Joe Milton in that game was he was okay. Well, and I encourage, I'm not saying this is the case with, with John, but I do feel like a lot of fans are only, when they go back and, and consume that game, they're only watching the 15-minute highlights where you see all the great Joe Milton passes. They're not watching the entire game, like you said, where there was a bunch of three and outs. And he did do, he did do he, he, he converted some key third downs that weren't the, the big the big touchdown plays he had yep. like you said he was okay and but the, but on the flip side the optimism piece of it is if you think about Hendon Hooker when Hendon Hooker came in two years ago he I mean he didn't have the same season that he had last year I mean he definitely took a step that next season and that's the optimism I have with Joe that he I mean this for the whole offseason he's had a year with with Hendon He's had a whole offseason to have it be tailor-made to him, and I'm expecting that same jump that we saw with with Hooker. And so that's the optimism that I have there. Um, if, if you don't mind, Tony, on the way, I'd like to ask John a, a quick conference expansion question, if I can. Um, you know, being here in Memphis, there's a lot of talk about Memphis to the Big 12. John, you know, we talk about Milton and his season, putting your money down on which way you think it's going to go. If you had to put your money down – on Memphis getting into the Big Twelve, what would you, what would you do? And I'd like to hear your your your, your reasoning, yay or nay, on that. And I'll, I'll hang up. And listen, thank thank you guys for the show. I appreciate it. Thank you, Memphis to the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve, by the way, is talking to Memphis. They're talking to UConn. They're talking to several potential schools. Go ahead, John. I really like what the Big Twelve has done so far, but I think it might be stretching things a bit. I would have no interest in UConn. Uh, Memphis might be more viable. It kind of fits the model better. Uh, but I I really have a hard time assessing how that will go. I like how aggressive the Big 12 has been uh, because people have kind of written it off as, it have, as they have other conferences since the SEC and, and Big 10 have been on this uh, power binge and accumulating all these top teams, I, I I think there's great potential in the Big 12. I don't know how well Memphis fits into that. I, I did, Memphis isn't Houston. It doesn't have the recruiting base that a Houston does, or maybe even a Cincinnati. I don't think Memphis is quite there yet, but if it gets there, uh, that could enhance, enhance recruiting. Um I'm, I'm really not sure about how Memphis will do, but I don't look at it the way I look at a. To me, Houston is a 
is a prime candidate for any conference because of the the population base and the recruiting base. Back to the phones we go. How many do they have now? How many does the Big 12 have, Bri? What's her number? I mean, you can't keep track of it. They uh, they have 14, and they'll have 12 after Texas, Oklahoma leaves. They did have 10. They so were they, 12, then so 10, they then potentially, 14. Now they'll be back to 12. So they're looking at probably that 14 to 16 team. That's what everybody's going to do. And here's the thing about them. That commissioner they hired is a really sharp guy. I wouldn't bet against him. You know, you know the Pac-12, whatever they are, is in the position they're in because they had a couple of really turd, really bad commissioners, which you better have somebody that's got some brains leading that deal in this day and age or other conferences are going to come and pick you apart, and you're going to be sitting on the side of the road like a carcass. I'll tell you this right now. I'm with John. I think the Big 12 will end up being the third biggest league when this thing's all said and done. I will bet on them. People think, oh, well, Texas and Oklahoma left. I haven't said this on the air. That guy that's the new commissioner of the Big 12 is a really sharp guy. Colorado that, will probably be in the Big 12. I'm telling you. Long. That would I, make a whole lot more sense. I'm telling you. Connecticut or even Memphis. They're going to end up with a pretty good 16-team league. Or Arizona. The question is, will Memphis be a part of it? If Memphis was really smart, John, obviously, they would try to leverage their way into that because that's a meal ticket into sustainability for the next 50 to 75 years in major college football. Tony, the thing about Memphis, uh, to me, Memphis has always been in a tough spot because it's really in the middle of SEC country, and it isn't in the SEC. I mean, Look at the, the competition, the recruiting competition. It's got Ole Miss as a neighbor. It's got Arkansas as a neighbor. It's in-state with Tennessee. Yep. Uh, there have to be. There's so many people in Memphis that have other favorite teams, and the Memphis Tigers might be their their second second pick, their secondary team. But there's so many Ole Miss fans there. There are Arkansas fans there. There are Tennessee fans there. I just think Memphis has a tough time because of that. They could turn that though if they went to major college. If they got in a major college league, and th- and that's their ticket. Other than that. They're always going to be like Temple is in Philadelphia, where you're playing second well, fiddle to Penn State. You have to Memphis, get in one of those power leagues if you're Memphis. You have to. Memphis Memphis basketball probably is more valuable than football. Back to the phones we go. No basketball. Because unfortunately, for, unfortunately, no basketball is valuable. It's all a football deal. It's what it drives the train. It's not football, though. It's yeah, all about the basketball football. means nothing. I think their football program could be vibrant in the Big 12, and I think they would win their fair share of games. Back to the phones we go. But John's right. Until they get there, they're always going to be just something to do down in Memphis and, and not a point of passion. But if they got no big league, they could change a lot of people, I think, John, don't you? Yeah, because then they can have their own identity. Yeah, they're not win a, it all. They're not an SEC outsider anymore. Right. They become an, uh, an active member in the Big 12, yeah. a major conference. And yeah. I agree with you. I really think the Big 12, because of its approach, is surpassing these other conferences. ACC no way. is uh, shackled by this bizarre <laughs> contract for life, so to speak, yep. for lack of a better term. And, and then the Pac-12 is just in, 
It's just in disarray. Back to the phones we go. I mean, when the Pac-12s tell me they're adding San Diego State and this, that, and the other, and, you know, San Jacinto Junior College or whatever. Have you heard that San Diego State is sort of has no league now? There was a complication with their exit from the Big 12, or not the Big 12, but the Mountain West. Mountain West, yeah. They're leagueless now. There's some kind of really weird deal going on there. Well, I tell you what, Brian, and and I read about that too. Yeah. San Diego State might be uh, San Diego State might be uh, a, a target for the Big Twelve. Back to it, the phones we go. It's never, and, and the Big Twelve is also looking at Connecticut. So the Big Twelve. But, but I would rather I would rather yeah. have San Diego State than Connecticut any day. Back to the phones we go. I guess the thought with Connecticut yeah. is. We'll get ESPN's ear if we do this, or we'll get the major markets. Back in Power Week. Matt's mumbling. That's that's PGMD right there. That's post-game, Matt Dixon. Hello and welcome in. We get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Tony B., John Adams. Hey, it's Richard from Murfreesboro. Hey, Richard. Welcome in. Oh, man. Wonderful conversation, man. Hey, gotta love Andy and his rap, man. What, uh, it, it, it just takes the cake every day, right? <laughs> art, man. It's art. Yeah, absolutely. But hey, uh, hey, let's talk, uh, since the topic of conversation is centered right now on Joe Milton, um, after the Detelier, like I said, was on your show yesterday, got a chance to hear all that, uh, yesterday, and, uh, very good to hear his synopsis of what he saw from, from Joe Milton. And now the conversation, you know, do you trust him? Do you not? Uh, where you fall, Tony, where some of the callers, where John is falling. First of all, let's look at Joe Milton when he first comes to Tennessee. Um, when it comes to Joe Milton it, in practice or throwing against air, uh, there was even no question why he beat Hendon Hooker out because in practice when it's against air and you're learning the offense, the guy looked amazing even then. He uh, his ability to make the throws to get the ball out quick, especially in Heifel's offense because of all those quick outs that you're always trying to generate big plays from. There's nobody better at doing it because of his arm strength. It's incredible. Um, so the question was, in which the coaching staff could not answer until they got him into real games, is, one, um, can he control the big arm because of adrenaline? Because when you're in a real-life game, the adrenaline versus practice is totally different. Uh, the emotion, everything that goes about it. He had trouble controlling the arm, as we saw in the Pittsburgh game. And then, of course, decision-making. When the bullets are flying live, uh, where are your decision-making in those games? Well, those two things, there is no doubt. He had a lot of room for improvement. And could this staff get him along the line once they replaced him with Hendon? And Hendon took off with this offense and did a great job. Could they uh, control the arm? Could they help develop? the mental capacity that he needed in between the arrows to win ball games. Well, all we can do is then go off at the end his last body of work. His last body of work then was against Clemson. And so to me, when I watched the Clemson game, I'm like John in this aspect. One, Clemson had some NFL guys come back to play that ball game. They had a really good defense. No, Joe didn't run the offense to efficiency where we put up 50 points but he did put up 35, and the biggest thing that he didn't do in that game is he didn't beat Tennessee. He didn't turn it over. Um, he didn't force throws. He took sacks. So I would rather, as a coach, have my quarterback take a sack and punt than him force it and cause a turnover. 
Um, so in that game, he, he he checked all the boxes against a good defense, and especially again him having to read things between the ear hole and all that of of the game itself. He passed. Now, was he decisive in some things? No, he still got work to do there. So I guess Tony, it comes down to this. I see your side of it because um, when when I trust Joe Milton against ten of the twelve teams. Can he, though, do it against Georgia and at Alabama and maybe even Texas A&M, which has a very talented defense coming into Neyland as well? And that's the fact. Does he revert back to old Joe, or can he take it and run with it and give us that hope that he has? So, you know, it's a tough decision to make. You know, as as a fan, where will Joe fall uh, this year, and has he truly turned the corner? Um, And what do you say? How do you answer that? uh, Okay, I think he's turned the quarter in some things. I think his ability to control his emotions and deliver the football has gotten better. Um, and from that standpoint, I like him. Uh, do I trust him to beat Georgia or go on the road to Alabama and win that game? I, I have a, I have probably more trust in him, Tony, than I do right now. And I want to see the offensive line. To me, that's our biggest question mark. Can we replace Darnell White and Jerome Carvin? I don't know that answer until I see that group play together for several games to see how they mesh. To me, that's my more of a question mark than Joe Milton is. Uh, Richard, I, I know our our listeners appreciate your your expertise. I think you're really good at uh, evaluating teams and players. But I wonder, as a Tennessee fan. When you make these evaluations, can you do it objectively? Because you also want Tennessee to be good. So when you look at a player like Joe Milton and you say how good you think he will be, do you look at it like what you want him to be and and sort of in that wishful thinking category? Or do you think you could be really objective in breaking down how good he is and, and, and what the expectation should be? Well, I, yeah, I, I think I, I try to break it down uh, based off of the individual, the player itself, and not just have it with orange tinted glasses. The guy's got immense gifts and talents, and I think he has developed enough, and he has real coaching that's helped him to calm down and I think to be able to deliver in those moments. But again, John, I don't know if he has that it factor uh, that I think you got to have as a quarterback to go on the road and win at Alabama and to beat that Georgia defense. Because I just yeah. I don't see that in those two games. I see that in Nico because I Same. I've watched enough of that young kid. Same. I've watched all his high school film. I've watched him. He has got an it factor of understanding Same. pocket awareness and how to disappear in and out and when to make throws. That one day that kid has Heisman Trophy potential. And see that's the thing. I wonder behind the scenes if they go, hey, this is great, and this is a great, you know, wonderful thing that we're going to try this, and this is what's going to happen. And But how far into this do we let it go if, if it yeah. comes to that? And, and, Richard, people say I'm hating or being a hate. I'm not being. I'm cheering for that guy. But well, track records are track records. Track records are track records, though. They're still track records. Yeah, and. You know, my probably my bigger questions. Uh, you know, like I said, it's, uh, I, I trust uh, our offensive line coach. I think he's outstanding at what he does and getting his guys ready to play. I probably have you know more thing of an objective of some more players is our defensive backs. I'm kind of like, you know, I thought some of our safety play was just horrendous last year and just 
surely the kids are going to play, right? I mean, I don't mean to talk yeah. over you, but surely the kids are going to play this year, right? Well, eventually you got to play them, Tony, because your 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 veterans just didn't make enough plays back there. They you look know, like I, me. Hey, Tank McCullough may be a great guy, but man, he, he runs like I do. No, they look like me. I mean, no offense, Richard. Thank you. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. A rather interesting second hour is underway here. We will be doing no TLD Logistics Overdrive Overtime today. And why is that? Because, well, I'm playing uh, music tonight, tomorrow, and the next night. And also, uh, we've got a lot of work to do around here. Earlier today, Marky Boy Griffin was in here recording a new commercial. I've got some production uh, later on this afternoon I'll be doing. So uh, those of you who are so inclined, if you're around, if you want to hear us do something in real time, you'll be able to do that uh, just by tuning in to tclub.team on our live stream. In the meantime, let's take a brief T.O. We're talking about the Milton issue, and, you know, I'm rooting for the guy, and I kind of half trust him. Half. That's okay. I mean, John, can I say that, or do I sound like I'm being... I'm not, I don't want to come off dismissive toward him. I'm not being dismissive, am I? I'm rooting for him. No, he create. Uh, everybody has a different opinion on things. Uh, and, and I don't think... I think some fans base their opinion like, this is what we want Joe Milton to be, and that's, that's how we'll look at it. We want him to be great, and, uh, which is fine. Uh, again, and I, as I look at it analytically, and, and maybe I am guilty of putting too much on the on the uh, Clemson game, but I just was so impressed with how he handled all that. So my opinion is a little elevated, perhaps. Yeah, and there was a lot of pressure on him going into that game because I agree with Richard. This Nico guy, that guy is all that and a bag of chips. And if he walks onto that field this year and starts a game, that'll be the last time you see Joe Milton play quarterback here. That's the other reality. As we take a brief time out and come back with more after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter. 
like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I'm a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard, the same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg, we do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. It's rodeo time in Murray County, the 19th annual Murray County Sheriff Rodeo, July 14th and 15th. Gates open at 5.30 and the show starts at 8. As always, kids 11 and under get in free. We have free pony rides, petting zoos, face painting, balloons, and bounce houses, all in our spectacular kids zone. We have cowboys and cowgirls from all over the United States. Fireworks show immediately after the main event bull riding. Pre-sale tickets are $15 and can be purchased at United Co-op or Columbia Farm Supply. Or at the gate, they're $20. All brought to you by Harness LLC, where we build people that move dirt. Again, the 19th Annual Murray County Sheriff's Rodeo, July 14th and 15th. Gates open at 5.30, show starts at 8. 
This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. That is absolutely beautiful. It makes me want to salute when I hear that incredible music. It reminds me of the late, great Haywood Harris, who when I was a youngster would say, hey, hey, young man, he would talk about the Norman Luboff Choir. And I have, uh, because of Haywood Harris, I've got some vinyl in my house of the Norman, Norman Luboff Choir performing all the fight songs. And it's very next level. So let's go back to the phones. Shout out Haywood Harris, who was a uh, really, really great guy. You know? um, though John and myself at times haven't been the most popular, the people from Haywood Harris's era that did what he did did not worry about what they just handled you so professionally. They didn't worry about content or creating disadvantages. It's not who they were. Back to the phones we go. Enough, enough of that, because nobody cares about that but five people who are saying amen, Tony. Let's go back to the phones, get our next call in on a day where we've been talking about Joe Milton and what could be this season. Hello and welcome in. Tony B, I'm sitting here in Chili's trying to enjoy my lunch. Okay. And then I hear that non-rapping-ass Andy with Mr. John Adams. Sitting there listening to him, couldn't believe that he heard what he heard. Well, here's and the deal. pumping him up, man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Here's the deal there, Chief. Okay? First of all, nobody wants to disturb your lunch, okay? Secondly, if you're not careful, you're going to end up in another rap battle with him. I don't. I will not do it. I will not do it again, Tony B. You know why? That's where I draw the line. I can't. You, you know why? Because you and yeah. I know that you know the drill, brah. <laughs> no, there was no drill, Tony B. He, uh, Mr. Adams, know I beat him. John Adams. Well, I, I will say. Listen, I will say that I, I gave him as 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 great as I think uh, Andy is, and, and as great as his potential is. In that showdown, I thought Florida was better. Thank you, Mr. Adams. But, 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 in the spirit of Joe Milton, players are allowed to get better. And I would say, don't hate the play a play a hater. Because I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. Rapping Andy today came right, right. And I mean, right out of left field with something off the top of his head, freestyling like there was no tomorrow. And I would imagine if the right person would have been listening today, he probably would have gotten a deal off what he did today on the air. You know what kind of deal it would have been? What's that? No money, no money for not doing it anymore, Tony B. You can't keep putting him through that. He wouldn't have got paid, Tony. They would have paid him to be quiet. He would have gotten paid in full. And I'll say this for you, Cal. I'll say this for you. You're a smart man for choosing not to get back in the ring with him. I, I can't do it to myself. You're a smart man. A You're a smart man. That's a smart, good decision on your part. Because but listen, Joe Milton, man, Joe Milton, listen. Do you trust him? Nico, do you trust Joe Milton? Nico, game three. He's going to get three games, and then Nico will be in there. John, that could happen. I mean, anything could happen. This Nico guy's really talented, John. I know everything I heard about him. He, he's 
He is very talented. And I just think, I guess it comes down to, I think it really comes down, it doesn't matter against Virginia. However, in those early games yep. where Tennessee is expected to win handily before he goes to Florida, uh, those early games, uh, if the offense isn't lighting it up, I, I guess, you know, there is a possibility that it's hard for me to fathom that Joe Milton wouldn't start at Florida. Hard for me to totally fathom. agree with that. Totally agree. The only way he would not start at Florida would be injury. That's the only way. Wow. And Florida, and Florida is slaw. And the truth is, that's a huge game for him because that's borderline going to be a layup for the Vols. So you've got to get down there and win that game, John. You have to. Right? So, uh, you know, Joe Milton said he doesn't lose games in Florida. Do what? That's what what? Joe Milton said he doesn't lose games in Florida. That's there what he go. said the other day. There you go. Mm-hmm. Well, y'all, y'all sort of like Andy walking around with your head so swelled up, and y'all ain't gonna be able to uh, hold your balance. No, it's no, no, no. It's no offense. It's it's the fact that you have Graham Mertz at quarterback, and your path to victory is to run the ball thirty-five times in twenty twenty-three. And I don't know that that can. I mean, maybe it works. Maybe. Florida's got a great offensive line and two very good running backs. No question. I do not deny that. You don't know what Graham Mercer is bringing to the table, Tony. Oh, no, I do. I do. I do. He's a white guy with very limited athletic ability. I know exactly what he is. In fact, he's a Wisconsin white guy, which is the whitest of the white people. When you play at Wisconsin and you look unathletic at Wisconsin at quarterback, you're pretty damn unathletic. No offense to the white people, but but Andy's the same way in Denver and Teleco Plains, uh, Tony B. He's the same non-talented rapper I've ever. You heard got now, Florida. <laughs> listen, it's time for you to get back to your lunch because you got Andy on the brain and you're out of here. I was talking about the Florida Gators and Graham Mertz, and you're wanting to change the subject, John. When you're when you're Florida, and you throw Graham Mertz out there in 2023 like it's 1977. 1977, maybe you can get away with Graham Mertz. Can you get away with that in modern game? It's really hard. I, I'm, I mean, you say you, you think Florida has a great offensive line. I wouldn't go that far. I think it has really good running backs. It has depth at running backs. That's what I mean. And I remember Billy Napier's teams at Louisiana, what they could do. Yeah. I just, I was puzzled by that acquisition of Graham Mertz. I, I just... Uh, I, I think there's a stigma about Wisconsin quarterbacks anyway, but putting him in the SEC, I just don't see that working out well. And I don't know what the option is at Florida this year. So, yeah, you've got to think at Florida, you've got to go out and, and use those really, <clears throat> excuse me, really good running backs and pound people and play very good defense. But I don't know how good Florida's defense will be. I mean, this is really a flawed team. I can't remember going into a season and thinking so poorly about Florida. They had but, The guests we had on for our preview said they're going to go anywhere from five to eight wins, nine is top of the mark. That sounds like a South Carolina beat writer. 
Oh, I, I can't imagine Florida winning eight or nine games. There you go. It has a tough schedule, too. Yeah, and he said, here's the problem. He said, if that guy throws up a five-win season this year, imagine the heat that's going to be on him for that hardest schedule known to mankind that they're going to face in 2024. Just, just an unbelievable schedule. Unbelievable, Andy. Hello and welcome into our next call. About eight to play. Hello. Gino Adam. I heard the heavy breathing and you got a syllable out, but you probably pumped about $7 into the payphone to do it. Let's get our next call in. Hello and welcome. How are my friends and compatriots doing? W. Uh, amen to Haywood Harris and everything you said about him. Great man. One of the amen people. Yep. Joe Milton, I have full confidence in. My motto is, say it is so, Joe. Say it is so, Joe. Be a great column. Say it is so, Joe. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I'm just going all the way with him. Uh, the Clemson game, yes, we had some three and outs, but, you know, I remember when Hooker was like, had a game where he was 26 for 30. You know, people were like worrying about the incomplete passes. You know, so we we gotta kind of got to get real here. Uh, if you go three and out and you don't turn the ball over, and you put your defense on the field, yep. uh, Clemson ran a hundred plays against us, and our defense didn't let them wow. in the end zone much. So. Hopefully that's going to be better. It's a weird thing and, to have a guy in Knoxville, W. Lynn, who um, changed the way Brian Kelly coached last year, like Bino said, and after Dabo got exposure to him, changed the way Clemson's going to play offensive football. Yeah. Dabo got, you know, Dabo was raised under the whole Bear Bryant thing. And Bear Bryant, when he experienced USC, said, I'm going to change the way I'm coaching in the 1970s. And Dabo got him a snootful of that in that bowl game because the, the present was meeting the past, and Dabo didn't like that. So I give Dabo credit, John, for being self-aware. He gets credit yeah, for that. If you, to have long-term success, you've got, to, you've got to evolve. Nobody did that better than Bear Bryant. Nobody. And, and Nick Saban has done the same thing. That's why they've been on top for so long. Yep. You have to you, – and, and oftentimes one game can change the way you look at things yep. as a coach. One game. And uh, I'm a little surprised that more teams haven't haven't gone to, to what Tennessee does offensively. But coaches by their nature are controlling. And when you run that up-tempo offense the way Josh Heupel runs it, there's a loss of control. You're giving up some control there. When you're rushing up to the line of scrimmage at a breakneck pace, it's kind of out of control. And I think coaches have a real hard time uh, being comfortable with that. And they think about their defense. Yep. It's a great line, John. Because it is chaotic. And you you have to be fully committed to it. For it to be effective, and right. most coaches aren't willing to do that, like Hypel is. I mean, we said That's earlier, a great point, man, because yeah. it was yep. it's just like with the option. Yep. It, the option can be really effective, but you got to be really committed to it. You can't just run it every now and then. Tennessee has succeeded in doing that somewhat, but but most teams that they're saying, yeah, I think we want to go to the option. 
Well, you got to say we're going to the option. <laughs> Heupel's committed to the bit, guys. Anything else, W. Lynn? Oh yeah, the the preseason magazines. Uh, you know, you know, but uh, John, I'm still in the ni- 1840s, as my late uh, Angel Allen used to say. I don't have a computer or a smartphone. I have five preseason magazines in front of me. But you all probably remember Street and Smith way back would have a the person on the cover did not have a face mask. He just had a helmet on. Do you remember that? So great. Yeah, I, I remember that cover of Jay Wilkinson from Duke and he did not have a he did not have a face mask. God, John's naming the guy's name. Well, I think Steve, I'm pretty sure Steve Kiner was on there in 67 without wow. a face mask. And that's awesome. I probably got that magazine here in my garage or rec room that's been stored away after the great flood of 19 or 2019. Uh, but, uh, I've got Phil Steele. I love him. Football times in Tennessee. I got Athlon and I got Lindy's College and Lindy's Pro. UW Lynn, you take the award and I appreciate you. Let me get our next call in. Thank you, W. Lynn. I got about two minutes. Hello and welcome in to our next guest. Hey guys, it's Paulie One. Hey, Paulie, welcome in, Paulie One. How how is everyone? How's uh, Matt's favorite caller? Hey, how is uh, uh it's kind of funny that it's ironic that Richard from Murfreesboro can go after Joe Milton after, what, three games? But he still drinks the bathwater out of Rich Bruins for 25 years. Did Paulie Joe, Matt Dixon, tie our discussion of Tennessee's quarterback back to Rick Barnes? And how did he do? How did he do, Matt, in your humble opinion? He didn't, he didn't dance around at all. He went went straight to the hoop with it. I mean, John, this guy's obsession with Rick Barnes continues, and he referred to him as Rich Bruins for some reason. Hey, guys, have you, are you guys familiar with uh, Bobby Bonilla Day? Yes, when the Yankees uh, or the uh, Mets give him, don't they, don't they give him like One three? Point, $1.2 million in, two days ago every year. And it finally is over 2032. 20, it was the $10 million that they owed him, and it turns out that they paid him almost 45. Now, how great is that? Can you imagine if every time Rich Bruins got a bonus, we would, we would hear about it? How many bone, how many Rich Bruins days would we have John, in a year? Would you speak to this person's obsession, please? Well, I wasn't expecting to hear a basketball call yeah, at this time of year. Good gosh, man. Get another this... topic. Thomas me urinates me off, man. Rick Rick Bruin is uh that's that's pretty They call pretty him good, Rick though. Bruins. I mean, jeez. Hey, wasn't you know on the Bobby Bonilla thing, weren't the Mets owners, weren't they back then they were like really tied in with Bernie Madoff, weren't they? Like they might that's they right. might not have had any cash to, to pay. Back then. I want to thank my the, friends at the Reds. Are, the Reds are paying Ken Griffey Jr. more than some of their own players on their current. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. 
time to put a Dodge in your garage. And at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us for all the muscle you need. We have a huge inventory to choose from, from the spine-tingling 2021 Dodge Charger SRT to the 2021 Dodge Challenger Superstock. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Yep, at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, we're flexing our Motor City muscle. You can count on us online at ColumbiaCDJR.com. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day -day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and chindawa yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. 
I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Life gets busy and sometimes slowing down to buy your family quality food can seem impossible. This is Terry Taylor with Taylor Family Farm and we offer local home delivery in addition to our local drop locations to help with that problem. Now you can get your favorite pastured poultry, pork, and grass-fed beef delivered right to your door. Visit TaylorFamilyFarmTN.com to find out how. We believe in healthy food, healthy people, and healthy community at Taylor Family Farm. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charities, sports and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.